Welcome to Sales Secrets, new shows daily. Subscribe now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sales Secrets, where you get to learn the top secrets to sales success. And with me for part two is Andy Paul, the author of Sell Without Selling Out and the host of the Sales Enablement Podcast. Uh, right now, he is a sales consultant, sales expert who's going to help you sell without selling out. And today, I'm really excited. So, that part two of the show, we're talking about marketing, branding, and podcast secrets. Andy Paul built a podcast that has over 2 million, that's six zeros and a two in front of the six zeros. Actually, I think we're up to three now. Three million. <laughs> I want to learn how the hell he did it. I don't know about you. He's got nearly 200,000 followers. You know how long I've been stuck between the 50 and 100,000 follower mark? And by the way, I remember when I was just starting out, I was stuck at the the 500 followers, the 1,000, the 10,000 forever, right? So we we got to learn. We're going to steal all of these secrets from Andy, rip, <laughs> rip it out of his soul. I want to know, how, you know, your podcast secrets, your interview secrets, sure. your marketing LinkedIn secrets, because right now in an age where people are getting laid off, you're going to see more salespeople and entrepreneurs and marketers launch side hustles or new mm -hmm. businesses. We're going to see salespeople that need to literally use marketing and inbound marketing and, and sales to drive more demand above and beyond anyone else that's just cold calling, emailing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm super excited. Andy, thank you for joining us for part two here. Oh, thanks for having me. So you sold your company to- well, the, Sold the podcast, yes. So sold, first off, I, I don't know a lot of people that build podcasts and sell podcasts besides Joe Rogan, yeah? I, he had a, had quite a few more zeros after his his transaction. Did you than coach I did, but... Joe Rogan? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I don't, Joe and I are not in the same wavelength, but yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's just amazing. I want to hear like, how did you get into podcasting? What are your secrets to running and growing a podcast, to booking interviews, sure. to running a great interview podcast? Like, because I know after two million downloads, three million downloads, you've got all the data of like. Here are the things that you shouldn't do that totally destroyed analytics. Here are the things that went well. How do you get people on it? How do you run that? And then we're going to run the same thing, 15 minutes on that, and then 15 minutes on how the hell did you grow your LinkedIn following to 200,000 followers? All right. So we'll start the podcast. Let's start with the podcast. So I started the podcast because I thought it'd be a great way to create content. And it turned out to be the case, right? And and it sort of has double double purpose for me, at least, is where else do you get a chance to talk to so many smart people, right? I mean, we've had yeah, virtually 1,100 episodes now. Wow. Talk to hundreds and hundreds of really smart people, like successful people like such as yourself, that it's like, I learn. I mean, I, I consider it the most selfish thing I've ever done or almost in my business career is because <laughs> I walk away with something, even though I'm decades into my careers, yeah, every time I talk to somebody, I learn something new that I potentially can apply in what I'm doing. So, you know, the continuous learner in me is is fed by this, this you know, the curious person we talked about before. Yeah, this is the stuff that you talk about in your book. You kind of leverage that curiosity and, and parlay it into the podcast to get all these secrets from people. Yeah. And it's, and so for me, it's, it's, I operate, well, I think podcast similar to what you do is I don't have a set list of questions. I read every person that comes on. If they're an author, I read their book. Uh, I you know, have a unique set of questions I develop just for them. I have a story that I want to bring out, you know, in talking to them. 
So I'm very purposeful in sort of structuring the list of questions about, hey, here's sort of a story we can tell. Two thirds of the time we don't follow that. <laughs> we get off, we get off track and we do something else, and that's fine. I mean, that's oftentimes it's the almost best, like the best selling in a way where like you you, you think you're going to oh. cover these features and functionality or whatever needs, but then you find out it, it goes. It, by the way, I didn't think about like like for us. I didn't plan to talk to you about branding and podcasting and LinkedIn marketing. And here right. we are, right? Yeah. Like you, you kind of just run with it. It sounds like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's like a sales call preparation. I, it's, <laughs> I put together on average, maybe 30 questions per guest, you know, for half hour, 40 minute. Obviously we're not going to get to all of them. We rarely get to all of them, but I, I map out the whole conversation sort of in my mind before we ever get on the air, which I'm always sort of amazed when I go into other sales podcasters I've done in the last year, probably done 150. And it's like, well, this is sort of the problem with selling is that you know, these people prepared or they're using the same set of questions that they use for everybody. And it's like, well, would you do that with a prospect? You know, the lack of curiosity. Is that some of the hosts is kind of stunning because it's like you're doing, you're selling that way. That's sort of problematic, isn't it? So for me, it's, yeah, treat every, every guest as an individual. We've got the unique set of questions. And then, yeah, I have sort of a reputation on the podcast for pushing back, for being curious, for not accepting things at face value that people say. And that's, Ooh, that's that. the way I, that's the way I sell, right? Like, I, like I, really I, digging in if they give you some bullshit answer. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I thought one of the best reviews I got was somebody said, you know, I survived being on Andy Paul's show. It's like, I mean, I don't do, I don't do gotcha questions, but you know, if you say something, you have to be able to back it up and defend it. And because the audience wants to know whether it's just BS or it's something that there's some logic behind it or rationale behind it. So I feel that's sort of part of my job is to help with that. So I, I enjoy that. I enjoy the back and forth and I enjoy the preparation and bless that, enjoy meeting and interesting new people. And, and it for takes me, it's a while to prep for that, right? Like how long yeah, are you prepping for each podcast you think? Uh, it depends if there's, if I'm reading a book, it's hours, right? Yep. Uh, cause actually for me, it's quicker to read than listen, even a double speed. And plus I can take notes and, and move it over into my system. But, uh, yeah, if it's a book, it's three to four hours, probably if it's just something normal, it's, it's probably an hour or an hour and a half. Cause again, I devote a fair amount of thought to what we want to talk about. I love it. And then for, for people that may just be starting out with podcasting. Mm. Let, let's talk about, you know, equipment. Let's talk about, uh, what, what do they call it? Like phony. I feel like a phony or whatever. What, imposter what syndrome, imposter <laughs> syndrome. Like let's talk right. about over how, how do you overcome imposter syndrome? Because a lot of people probably feel that way. And then how do you get people to get on your show when your show is just starting out? Just starting. Yeah. Uh, just ask, right? It's just like sales calls you. Uh, you, you do a pitch and we, we probably, I'd say for the first year, I mean, we're you know, done seven years now for the first year, we were largely outbound and asking people because, you know, didn't have a big brand necessarily. And I, even though I'd written a couple of books, I mean, within a small circle, people, people knew who I was, but beyond that. And yeah, just went out and, and asked people to come on and, yeah, surprisingly, most people did that you wanted. So awesome. But then after about a year, if you're really consistent at it, if you're putting out a good product, then people want to be on the show. And so really for 
I don't know, for the last five and a half years, pretty much is we got yeah, built over time. But I'd say right now we get maybe four to five requests per slot on the show. People want to be on it. So there's a high inbound demand for people that want to be on the show. And then you're pretty selective about that. And then you're trying to find people that seem interesting and also are doing what we would just sort of talk about, want to go out and make a name for themselves. And, you know, I look at part of my mission as a podcaster is to say, okay, who are the next generation of sales thought leaders and can we give them exposure? So we're actually fairly proactive. I say we, my son works with me is, you know, if we see somebody write something interesting on LinkedIn, we invite them onto the show, even if they don't really have a following with, with us, which I was super humbled, you know, like to join your show. Cause you know, I was on your show like a, a year or two ago, and it was right yeah. when I was really trying to get the word out for for the book Sales Secrets, which we interviewed Andy for. There we um, go. You know, and and I would I'm super grateful. Yeah, I love that. Like the outbound stuff to to new thought leaders and all of that jazz. It sounds real smart. Yeah. Well, it's just I was concerned soon after our podcast had been acquired by Revenue.io. We we. Uh, you know, right at the start of the pandemic and, and the NC2A men's basketball tournament and women's basketball tournaments were shut down. Wow. And so we did our own sort of tournament, if you will, bracket challenge where people chose sort of their favorite sales book. And when we got to the eight quarterfinals, I looked at the authors and I said, shit, there's seven out of the eight are written by white guys over 50. Where's the next generation of voices and sales, right? Who's the future? So, yeah, that motivated me to do a couple of things. One is, yeah, we're very proactive at trying to get new voices in sales onto the podcast. People that we, I said, see, write interesting posts on LinkedIn primarily. Uh, and then something I do is serve a side, I won't call it side hustle because I don't charge for it. I do this free as I, I run a mastermind group for people who want to write their first sales book. Oh, and, no shit. I got to join this. <laughs> well, you've written a couple already, but, um, you yeah, know, it's for people you know, trying to look for diverse voices, uh, women, people of color under the age of 40 that have something new and interesting that come from a different you know, set of life experiences that are going to be the future of selling. And so trying to encourage that as much as possible. That's so awesome. I love that. And you run this for free? Yeah. Just giving back to people. Just giving back. Uh, that's so cool. I, I got to check it out and and also would be happy to give back just the secrets that I've learned from people like you and how to write and do the podcast thing. When it comes to equipment, right? you know, I remember when I was just starting out as an AE in sales and I was like, oh, I got to build a brand. This was like 10 years ago because I mm-hmm. saw all these different, and I'm not good at building a brand, by the way, guys. Um, not as good as Andy Paul and others. Yeah, you know, I think you're pretty good at it. Yeah, go I'm, ahead. <laughs> I'm like all these people, you know, like the people that are out there and that have a brand seem to have more opportunities than the people that if people don't know who you are and they don't know about you, they can't buy from you. Right. Um, yeah. but one of my greatest fears was like, I'm so broke. Like I need this $10,000 camera, this $5,000 mic, this super secret studio that I could shoot from. Like when, when you're getting started your first hundred episodes or whatever, like what type of equipment do you need and what, what secrets can you share with the audience on the equipment and the tech that they need to leverage to launch a podcast to a hundred episodes and their first hundred thousand downloads. It's, it's really pretty simple It's it's good to have a soundboard. Uh, I start off with one that was like a hundred dollar soundboard. I forget 
I forget the manufacturer at this point. Um, got Might be Amazon. out of business, right? No, no, I have a brand name. I just forget what they are, right? I upgraded recently to Rode, a Rodey um, soundboard, gives a little more options. But I think up front, the thing you want to really focus on is a good mic because we over-indexed on audio quality from the beginning because it said if the audio quality wasn't good, people aren't going to stay and listen. If you enjoy Sales Secrets and you'd like to help out the show, go to the Apple Podcast app, the purple icon, and give us five stars. And if you haven't yet, please, please go give that a shot. Now back to the show. Regardless of what we said, right? We could be brilliant, but if the audio sounded horrible, people turn it off. So I invested in a Heil PR40 microphone that I'm using here and uh, sort of built from that because I consider that sort of the most important piece of equipment. And then, yeah, just run through a little soundboard and then back into back into the computer. We've recorded everything. We don't use a ton of the video. We use samples of it for promotional purposes. So we just record it off of off of the laptop but Got it. um and you yeah. mentioned you use riverside we use riverside to record i think it's a great recording platform it gives you the benefit of two track recording so that you can your edit, audio editor can edit you know the individual audio tracks um separately which zoom can do now but um couldn't at the time and yeah riverside just a little simple little platform makes it easy to connect people and the quality's quality's good so i really think yeah, people ask me sort of the best device. I think over-index on audio quality, that's great. But I think the back to point you made before about the imposter syndrome is my best advice for new podcasters is just remember that you're the star of the show. So over time, the relationship people build is not with your program. It's with you personally. So they're going to tune in to hear you. You know, the reason it's called Late Night with Jimmy Kimmel and, and Stephen Colbert and so on, it's because they are the stars of the show. So you, too often people when they start podcasting are too deferential to their guests and you want to be respectful, but it's your show. It's your story you're trying to tell. You're the personality that people are going to come back to time and time again because they want to hear you. So mm. you have to really keep that in mind. If you want to build a successful podcast, it's ultimately about you. Damn, I love that. That's such great advice. So so we've got the equipment. We've got how to do the interviews, the interview prep. We've got how to book people. And have you seen a channel for prospecting uh, people to join a podcast? Like, do you've got, uh, what are the channels that you leverage best if you're doing outbound, you know, again, to people that are newer to this? What are the channels that work the best to book the podcast? What's the best type of pitch that you would use to book a yeah. podcast? And then I want to go into post-production. Well, the problem, the problem with, with pitching is, is the problem that exists with pitching and sales is, I mean, my, we rebrand my podcast originally for first five years was called accelerate. Uh, when we were acquired, we changed the name to sales enablement. So for two and a half years now, two and a half years plus it's been sales enablement. I still get people pitching me saying, ah, Gus would love to be on accelerate. We love what you're doing with that show. Yeah. So it's like, if you're going to put a sales pitch is spend a little time, research the person, listen to an episode of someplace they've been before. So you, you know, kind of aware and you could reference it. Hey, I heard you on so-and-so show. I love the point you made about X, Y, Z. Uh, yeah. Here's what I think I could bring to your show in terms of a topic that'd be interesting to the audience and make it relevant to the audience. So that means you listen to an episode of the podcast you're pitching, you know, the host, and you know what they talk about. It doesn't take a lot of time. As I said, listen on two X and, and uh, you know, get through it spend 30 minutes or 15 minutes to, to listen and just, yeah, 
humanized, personalized. It's just, just like anything in sales. Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn, I think is the best for us has been the best, the best approach. Okay. And, and dropping personalization and research about the show, about yeah. the guests, about all of that jazz. Yeah. Show that you care. That's awesome. Right? So, so, so now once, once you've got people booked, you're interviewing with the amazing secrets you shared there, you're on Riverside, you've got the highest and audio equipment. And by the way, my, my secret to add to this too, guys, just like if you're absolute broke and you can't afford any of this shit, I would say just get started. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like get at started, the beginning, but... just get started because doing something is better than doing nothing. You know, if you don't have Andy, how much was the mic that you recommended? 300. Oh gosh, guys. You can spend a lot less. But book the appointments to make up 300. I thought Andy was going to tell me it'd be like three grand or 20 grand. No. If you can't come up with 300, you got other problems. So master how to sell, book the appointments, and then use that money to get the mic that you need. And the the soundboard, you know, I think was 100, 125. It's nothing. I mean, all told is 500 bucks to get started. 500 bucks to get started. That's amazing. And and again, if if you don't have that money, just start with an iPhone. Start with a Zoom video free account oh, yeah. and record. Or you, you, you can buy you can buy decent enough mics for under hundred dollars. So, yeah, it's just again we were talking about brand as as that becomes part of your brand. Totally. But as you build your brand, I think more important than we talked about bringing your own personality into it is be consistent. Right? Is people it's people expect you to be there at a certain time. Right. So if you're releasing episodes every week, release them every week. Add a set Tuesdays of Tuesday every week because people are expecting it Tuesday every week. I love that. Consistency is really important. So you're making why TV. They like, I love the the show Billions and I love the yeah, show yeah, yeah. Secession. It's every Sunday night, 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 8 p.m., whatever. It's, I know right. when it's coming every, every week. Well, and I do with my favorite podcast. Right. And so I know my, you know, I'm a huge fan of the, <laughs> the Smartless podcast with the, Will Arnett and Jason Bateman and and Sean Hayes, very funny. It's Monday, right? So that's my Monday. If it wasn't there on Monday, I'd been, you know, done other podcasts. I have a Tuesday podcast and so on. So yeah, just get on a schedule, stay on the schedule. And mm-hmm. don't be afraid if you like fall behind or something is repurpose a previous episode, right? You'll reach a new audience. I mean, I'm we right now we do two new episodes a week and one rerun a week. Ooh. Because, you know, with a thousand plus episodes. Who could possibly have listened to all those? <laughs> it's like I yeah, love that so rerunning an episode like a new, yeah, yeah, like like it's like uh again going back to the TV network. They're all, like they're playing Seinfeld and all this shit all the time, twenty four seven. Yeah, what, and um, it's not and it's not necessarily people who haven't seen it before. A chunk of the audience, people who have never seen it. And if they have seen it, like this is what I say all the time when I'm coaching people. You could hear something now today that yes. you heard ten years ago that changes the trajectory of your life forever for the better. Yes. Because yep. you're dealing with different problems, different pain points. You may may have matured so you could get the feedback and the advice. Right. Your context is different. Like the yep. context is different. The intelligence, the IQ, EIQ is different. You name it. Um. So if we were going to repurpose an episode, like for people tuning in, how would you do that? Like what would, do you say, hey guys, this is a repurposed episode or do you just I drop do. it? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. So I, I record a unique monologue for every opening for every show. And when it's a report, uh, repeat, excuse me, I say, yeah, yeah. And this conversation from the archives of the sales enablement podcast. And yeah. So we let people know. And I love that. yeah, I mean, it's again, I, when you have so much content out there, you just, 
I'm not arrogant enough to assume everybody I said, is listening to every single episode. I know they have a lot of choices. So it's like a new episode for most people. I love it. That's so smart. Something I've never thought of. Genius. Uh, when it comes to the data, mm. you know, you've got over a thousand episodes. You've got a shitload of data on the podcast. What were the secrets? This is the last question. What were the secrets that, like, why the data dropped, like, like what were the things that you did that dropped the data that you should avoid in the future? What were the things you did that blew it up on a podcast? Like maybe it took off or maybe it fell through the ground, right? Yeah. I mean, takeaways from the data, the data has gotten so much better since we started. Uh, cause now you can actually get, you know, drop off rates and so on, which when I got started, you basically got rough demographic information based on geography. And that was about, that was about all you got. In terms of and downloads, right? But that's pretty much it. And it didn't tell you a whole lot. Now there's a much broader set of tools you can have uh, to sort of understand, okay, yeah, are people listening to the entire podcast? Are they not? How much of a percentage are they listening to? Uh, things like that. So yeah, at the beginning, yeah, focus on play the game straight with yourself. Don't try to get yourself. There's a lot of people that, that fudge their numbers and you know, it's easy enough to go on Fiverr and get somebody to trigger 10,000 downloads of your podcast. People know when you're fudging it, right? There's, there's sort of the circle you can sort of tell is, is, you know, sometimes you hear people talk about big download numbers on their podcast. You go on their social profiles and it's barely anything. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. They're fudging their numbers. Um, so be straight with yourself. Be straight with yourself. I mean, it's, it is what it is. I mean, it's your show. Take pride in it. It's going to, we'll get into a bit. When we talk about LinkedIn is, is LinkedIn is probably the best vehicle to promote your podcast. Um, again, it requires consistency, it requires good content, but you play the long game with the podcast. Cause sure. There are some that take off and they're cultural figures and yeah, celebrities. And I'm not one of those. It's just been a slow build. That's amazing. And then the post-production, second last question, I swear, because I said that the other one was a last question. I totally forgot this. What, what's the secret to after the show shot? Like, do you have a team that you pay like externally? Yeah, that slices this? Yeah, like t- talk to the audience about, you just recorded a podcast. You don't know what you're doing. You, you know nothing about video editing, audio editing. You just know how to interview. What happens here and how do you get this shit out there and market it? There's a bazillion audio engineers out there. Go on Fiverr, spend some money, you know, 25 bucks, 50 bucks, you know, build a relationship with somebody who could edit. We, we started off initially doing it ourselves uh, for sort of the first 50 to 60 episodes and then came across a, a company called Podfly who's, uh, I don't know, they were based in Canada. I think they might have moved recently to Puerto Rico, but um, yeah, they've always been our our editor. And for the most part, we've also another company we've used. Uh, Salescast is another company we've used as well. Yep. Um, Colin and Thank and Chris. Yeah, so, yeah, they're the resources are out there. They're fairly inexpensive. Unless you have this desire to learn how to edit audio and video, I would. I think I would make the argument it's cheaper to let somebody else do it. Um, and we do minimal editing. So basically, we've got intro and outro, and I record a monologue for every episode. So editing basically consists of, we, we do no editing within the episode itself. So uh, 
sometimes to the chagrin of people come on the show because they think I shouldn't have said something. It's like, yeah, if you said it, it goes on the air. So ah, right. Yeah, that's, just, that's just the game, the game, the rules of the game that, for me. That's how I play is, it. Like, yeah. So we don't do any editing. We don't do any editing within the episode itself. Probably like dead air. Do you like oh, dead air? Yeah. Dead air and yeah. shit. Yeah, we do that. But in terms of content, no. So it's it. pretty simple job, simple job for editing. But I said lots of lots of really good people out there. Um shouldn't be difficult to find somebody. Awesome. Outsource it. Guys, you just heard all the secrets from the man, the myth, the legend who built his own podcast company, Andy Ball from zero to nearly 3 million downloads, sold the company like Joe Rogan, and uh, now is still rocking and rolling it. This guy could, you should write a book, Andy, on this stuff. I I know you've got the secrets. Like it would take you literally an hour to write this damn book. Um, I would buy it, you know? Well, a lot of of credit goes to my son, who's been my business partner in this. So, which has been fantastic. That's awesome that you guys get to run a company together. I love that. My Good wife and I run seamless. I think it's genius. It's a hack. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he he doesn't mind working with his dad, which is great. But yeah, he's been with me every step of the way, and and is really, uh, yeah, really excellent with LinkedIn. He's sort of our LinkedIn strategist, and um, actually, we we support many other thought leaders, uh, helping them coach them on their LinkedIn strategies as well. I love it. All right. Part three, guys, coming up, we're going to talk about LinkedIn social selling secrets. Andy Paul has built his following from zero to 200,000 followers and an insane amount of listeners. So tune right in. We are hiring here at Seamless.ai. That is right. We have over 850 positions open right now. Hundreds of SDRs, hundreds of AEs, 50 engineers across every department in the company. We're hiring nearly 850 positions this year. So if you want to work for Seamless.ai, help the world connect opportunity, apply at Seamless.ai forward slash careers. Seamless.ai forward slash careers. Seamless.ai forward slash careers. Thanks for joining Sales Secrets. New shows daily. Subscribe now.